Hello and welcome to On the Record, the podcast of the Cuyahoga County Common Pleas Court. I'm your host, Darren Toms, and as always, we hope you enjoy our discussions about the court and the legal system. Today, we're talking to Judge Michael Jackson, who presides over the court's Veterans Treatment Court. Judge, hello, and thank you for taking the time to talk with us. My pleasure. Tell us briefly about the Veterans Treatment Court that you preside over and why this is so important. Well, when I decided to run for uh, judicial office, uh, my main reason was I wanted to start a veterans treatment court. There was one with the city of Cleveland that was operating. There was not one for the county or the felony courts uh, for common police court, and I wanted to start one. I was the only veteran who was running, I believe, uh, and there were no veterans on the bench. Uh, I felt pretty strongly about that. I'd been recently very active with Veterans Affairs, uh, since I, I came to Cleveland maybe in the last 10, 15 years. I just thought that was important. I also thought that I was ready to be a judge. I had worked for the prosecutor's office. I'd been in private practice. I tried a number of lawsuits. I'd been in transactions. So I thought my background uh, fit the requirements to be a judge, but my main desire was to start a veterans treatment court. Tell us what a person has to do to get into veterans treatment. What are the requirements? Mm-hmm. You have to uh, be charged with a felony, and you're assigned one of the judges. And at some point during that process, you're made aware of the fact that there's a veterans treatment court. We have a screening process so that we know all the veterans on our felony dockets. I can uh, there's a report that comes out uh, updated daily, so I know how many veterans there are in our system. And then we look at the nature of the charges and make sure that they are aware of Veterans Treatment Court. It's voluntary. So we'll work with the attorney, we'll work for the judge, uh, and we'll work the judge's bailiffs. So we'll go into the courtroom and identify those veterans, let the parties know that they're eligible, and then explain the criteria to transfer. Then we can transfer prior to a plea or after a sentence, even on probation. We'll accept them the Veterans Treatment Court. So you have to be on probation as a result of your uh, resolution of the case. So if you're going to go to prison, we'll wait for that veteran to be released from prison. Then if they're placed on uh, parole, as people know it, it's called post-release control, then we'll bring it, try to bring them back into our court uh, after prison. But for those placed on probation and they are willing to volunteer, then they can come into Veterans Treatment. So what makes Veterans Treatment Court different from another diversionary program? It's uh, much more demanding uh, in terms of the ongoing commitment. We meet with the veterans on a weekly basis in court with the judge. They see their probation officer on a weekly basis. We also have mentors who are veterans who volunteer their time to help the uh, veteran get through the program by being there, talking to that veteran outside the court, being in court with the veteran. And they're there to just assist the veteran to get through the court. They're not like a sponsor with uh, AA. Um, They don't have to have any problems with the court. They just want to volunteer their time to provide some support uh, for the veteran. Many of the mentors meet with the veterans from time to time, talk to them on the phone frequently, send them text messages, have lunch with them. Uh, and see how they're doing. And they can say whatever they say to that mentor stays with the mentor unless it's uh, they're going to harm themselves or harm somebody else, and the mentor has to tell us about that. 
So it's a private relationship, and that is very different from any of the other courts. And it's very valued by the veterans because it's someone who is a veteran, who's been successful in some form or fashion. We have law uh, lawyers who've retired or are still practicing, and uh, machine shop workers for 20 years uh, who are helping. So it's a whole variety of people who are volunteering their time, and we try to match up that person with the veteran. Um, and it seems to work. And there are services available to veterans that the general public cannot access, Yes. And one of the values of the Veterans Treatment Court, if you're eligible for um, the VA uh, benefits, then you're going to go to the VA for those benefits, for those treatment programs. And for others who are not eligible, that would be the most of the people on our probation docket who are not veterans, they would get the same services, but the county would pay for that. And that, so it's about 80% of the people are eligible for the VA who are on our veterans and 20% are not. So those 20% uh, go to uh, uh, community programs. Are there any cases in Veterans Treatment Court that have really resonated with you as a judge and a veteran? Well, there are a number that come to mind, uh, but one, I think, uh, because it was early on and the circumstances were uh, at least at that time, at least memorable to me. It was a veteran who had an 80% disability from the VA, maybe it was 100%, but he was receiving two to $3,000 a month uh, for uh, the uh, problems that he had that were service-related. So he didn't need to work. So he was making 20, 20 to $30,000 a year uh, or receiving that. His uh, family had moved to Florida and left him a house fully paid for. So he had very few expenses and a decent amount of money. And he had been drinking for 30 years. He was an absolute total alcoholic. And the reason he was in Veterans Treatment Court is because he had been hit with a DUI once too often and the judge said, you're either going to prison or you can volunteer for Veterans Treatment Court. And so he chose to volunteer for Veterans Treatment Court. And he came in on that basis. Um, uh, he had no social skills. He didn't interact with people. He stayed alone, and all he did was drink. Had no hobbies, had no interests other than drinking. And everything else was paid for. Decent guy, but he had never stopped drinking. Um, one year later, he graduated from Veterans Treatment Court with no violations. And he's now uh, active in the community. He provides volunteer services to his friends and neighbors. Uh, a lot of them are elderly. And he started a little business doing the same thing. He had never gone to any treatment facilities or any engagement with his uh, alcohol. Now he is uh, a mentor or sponsor to others. And um, uh, when his his graduation came, his mother came up from Florida and uh, was extremely proud of him, as we all were. Um, that is a success story. I don't think that would have happened. And he says, quite frankly, that would never would have happened but for Veterans Treatment Court. Do you think that your experience in the military, especially in Vietnam and combat, gives you a different perspective on the people that come before you than maybe another judge would? Uh, I, I think, obviously, to me, yes, for Veterans Treatment Court, 
There are over 300 veterans treatment courts in the United States, and by far most of the judges are not veterans. There are just not that many veterans uh, in our community anymore, and fewer, the, uh, you know, not very many are judges, and then they have to have that court. So you don't have uh, very many veterans who are judges of veterans treatment courts. That's just the way it is. You can be very successful as a veterans treatment court judge without being a veteran. But for the most part, I think it does help because the bond is there and being a combat veteran, for those who are combat veterans, it means that I've done something similar to what they've done. And for those who haven't been combat veterans, it's uh, a recognition that, you know, the judge is there, he's been through something that uh, I can at least appreciate uh, differently than others. Uh, my biggest concern is that I would be too hard on the veterans, not too easy on them, because particularly the combat veterans. But I've tried to temper that with, uh, uh, with I think, the primary reason that, that veterans are successful as judges is that you, you can listen and you can figure out uh, some things that may not be known to a judge who is not a veteran. When you ran for judge, it was on a platform of starting a veterans treatment court. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that in your one term as a judge, you were able to accomplish what you set out to do? Yes. Uh, my first year on the bench, I spent a lot of time talking to other judges about it. Other judges uh, helped me in that regard. So the first year was sort of getting it organized. We got it organized. We wrote all of the necessary uh, documents that the Supreme Court requires. We got certified. We started in May of 2015. Uh, we now have by far the largest veterans treatment court in the state of Ohio, which has a number of veterans. I think Ohio is the fifth largest veteran community in the in the states. Uh, we have by far the largest veterans treatment court. We have two uh, probation officers who are veterans. Uh, we have almost 100 people in veterans treatment court. Um, our court has been recognized by uh, the uh, 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 Drug Court Association uh, professionals who focus on mental health and drug courts uh, and veterans treatment courts. We've been honored uh, to present uh, a lessons learned at one of the seminars, and I've gotten two national awards for veterans treatment court judge, uh, all because of the effects of others, our veterans treatment court. So we've done what we need to do to be recognized in our community and, uh, and across the nation. So I'm very pleased with, with what's happened. And all of that has come about because of the Veterans Treatment Court team, not just me. Judge Michael Jackson, anything else that you would like to add that we haven't talked about? No. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs>